Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All right, so I hate to break this to everybody, but um, from now on, as far as I can tell, I think the uh, standard here is that we are going to have to take some beatings, like some physical attacks in order to avoid displaying privilege. All right. I I just heard in the newscast uh, that uh, there was somebody who was stabbed on the Charlotte streetcar. And I, I think that like that's the price you pay for living in a city with mass transit. That's it. That's, that's the that's the trade-off. You got to take some stabbings. You got to take some beatings to live in a city with mass transit. Well, Pete, maybe if we don't have mass transit, we won't have the stabbings. Well, unfortunately, you can't live in a city without mass transit. It doesn't work that way. So, this is just how it goes. I I don't make the rules, but this is the best I this is as best I can figure. So, Have you heard of a person, I don't even need to ask you this, because of course you haven't, I mean, I haven't heard of this person, Emma Vigiland, or Vigeland, Vigiland, Vigeland, V-I-G-E-L-A-N-D, how would you pronounce that? Vigiland, 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 anyway, she is the host of, uh, Well, I guess she's not anymore. She was a host at the Young Turks. Now she is a co-host at Majority FM. I don't know what that is. It's live daily at 12 o'clock. Oh, it's up against my show? Well, no wonder I haven't heard of her. She claims to be a New York sports fan. She goes by her pronouns, she, her. She lives in New York, Brooklyn, as a matter of fact, but she's from Jersey. Well, I mean, well, come on. We all have our cross to bear. It's not her fault. Um, oh, do you want to hear my Jersey joke? Why do New Yorkers have such bad attitudes? It's because the light at the end of the tunnel is New Jersey. Feel free to use it. Um, (laughs) that's the second time I got to use the Jersey joke today. The other was in an argument with an idiot leftist. The dumbassery was strong in this one. She thought I was from North Carolina and started to, like, harangue me as being um, from a state with segregation and slavery and all of this. And my, uh, the you know, fellow Peatniks here on uh, Twitter, uh, they immediately began pointing out that New Jersey was the last northern state to ban slavery. So, uh, and they have quite a bit of history with the racism as well. But also, I pointed out that I am also not from North Carolina. I'm from New York, which is obviously superior to New Jersey. So it was like a double takedown. It was pretty bad. She hasn't responded in about an hour or so. Um, I do. I live for these moments. Yes, I do. Okay. So here is this Emma Vigiland. 
on her program, I guess. Well, it says the majority report with Sam Cedar or Seder, Seder, said Seder, whatever. Um, she doesn't have her name on there. I wonder why she doesn't have her name on there. What's up with that, sexist? Anyway, she is uh, on there. I think this is today. Let me see here. What's the date here? Yesterday. She's on there today, and they're talking about this case. Okay, I guess I need to re- I guess I need to set the stage here. Have you heard the story about the guy on the New York City train? Okay, first off, I guess I should back it up a little bit. Have you heard that they're using a new word called houseless and not homeless now? Have you heard this? Or those suffering from houselessness? Have you heard that? Yeah. Okay, so there's a guy suffering from houselessness who was on the New York City F train and was effing around and found out. And uh, now the guy who, yeah, the guy who was a former Marine who put this guy into a headlock. The guy's name is Jordan Neely. Rap sheet as long as my arm. And uh, he had 44 arrests. Had an outstanding warrant for felony assault. Because he apparently punched an old woman in the face. So he's he's walking around this this New York City subway train car and he is threatening people and he's behaving erratically. He's having a mental health crisis. He's suffering from a mental health crisis. And in cities, the way you are supposed to respond to this is to allow this person to assault you. Just a heads up, if you're heading to a city anytime soon, Somebody near you having a mental health crisis, you are supposed to allow them to assault you. Otherwise, you are bourgeois. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. When in Rome, right? And this woman, Emma Vigiland, um, she makes the rules. This, these, this is her area. She wanted to live in Brooklyn, right? She captures the psyche, the the thought process, the politics and ideology of the Brooklyn residents right this is why she chose to live there and she spells it out very clearly here on this program called the majority report from yesterday um i i was hit at one point sitting on the subway by a man who was having a mental health episode he sat next to me and he was elbowing and kind of flailing around and hit hit me in the face and in my body and I, i it was jarring right um the idea that i i would want him to be hurt in any way i just didn't want to be near him in that moment because Mm -hmm. i understood something was going on here every one of us who's taken public transit has had this kind of situation something similar happen seeing someone struggling all right hang on a second just because the guy is having this mental health episode and is flailing around and elbows you into in the face and in the chest okay that doesn't mean that everybody wants to see him hurt it does mean some people would prefer he stop doing that, right? Now, this woman, I can tell you, she is a very tiny-looking woman. She's very petite. Okay, very small. Am I allowed to say that? I don't see size. Is this? No, that's sexist, too. I'm, whatever. She does not seem like, just from outward appearances, and I know I'm judging a book by its cover here, but if this is a dude sitting next to her flailing around... I don't know if she is physically capable of preventing him from from whipping up on her or throwing more elbows in her, the direction of her face. Okay, so I, it it just it doesn't appear that way from outward appearances. 
That doesn't mean we want him injured. It means we want him to stop. And if somebody is nearby who is able to make him stop without injuring him, fantastic. But if somebody is unwilling or unable to stop abusing other people, then what is what are your options? Everybody gets off the train? So he gets the whole train car to himself? And you hear what she's about to say here. She's leading into it. This is sort of the wind-up pitch, which is, you know, oh, anybody who's been on mass transit you know, in New York City, they know this. They've had these types of interactions, which really, I think the New York City Chamber of Commerce Tourism Department... Put that on your posters, in your jingles and stuff. This is a fantastic ad campaign. Come to New York City where you too could be attacked on the subway cars. That doesn't mean that our fear in that instance, and I was a little scared Just because little. I, my, I, I was hit. It's a problem. Like, it's but, people but, that but, need but help. I would, but like, my fear is not the primary right. uh, primary uh, object of like what we should be focusing on right now. It's the fact that this person is in pain. Oh. Um and so, like, the politics of dehumanization privileges the, the bourgeois kind of concern of people's, like, immediate discomfort in this narrow, narrow instance, as opposed to larger humanity and life. It's really freaking twisted. Yeah, I just want... Do you follow any of that? <laughs> you notice how she dismisses her experience as simple fear. And she said she was a little bit afraid, just a little bit. She got, and we don't know how hard she got elbowed, right? But she dismisses that as just a little bit of fear and how that's not the thing to focus on. And the fact that you're going to focus on that or anybody would focus on that is, is bourgeois privilege. Okay, first off, I would submit it's not fear. It was pain. The person elbowed you in the face unless you're exaggerating like what this assault actually entailed but if somebody has elbowed you in the face and in the chest you also have now suffered pain at his hands now he may be in pain too but now you're in pain as well but this martyrdom complex right like this oh i have to they have to ignore my pain because whatever he did to me i am privileged and so I'm going to hold myself up as this, you know, perfect example of altruism and say, don't focus on my pain. Allow him to be the focus. Let's center him. Center his problems. Why would you even bring this up? Why even bring this, this topic up or this uh, example up? Because uh, I suspect she probably wants the dopamine hit in the brain for the virtue signaling. Right? Look at me. I was assaulted, and I'm better than you are because I didn't feel the need to stop the man from assaulting anyone else. I didn't want him hurt. No, Nobody's wanting him hurt. They do want him to stop. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? If you're afraid of riding mass transit, 
then you do not need to go to a city that has mass transit uh, that you might ride. This, according to Emma Vigiland, uh, one of the hosts of a program called The Majority Report, uh, where she said some really stupid things. She also said, hang on, there was somebody else who had a uh, reply to her. Um... Because they were like, I'm not really sure that's what she... Oh, here we go. Hang on. Show more replies. Um, Yeah, that's not what she's saying. She's saying that putting somebody who elbowed her in a chokehold and crushing their windpipe would have been excessive. Like, well, yes, of course that's excessive, but no one is saying that that's what this other person was doing. They tried to subdue him, and the guy would not... I can't find any more of the audio. There have been too many people that have responded, and uh, she's getting dragged quite thoroughly, so I'm not going to be able to find the other clip of her. Um, but she she elaborated about the bourgeois uh, the bourgeois uh, uh, privilege, and that, that that's you know I she's like I chose to live here in Brooklyn, and that's just you know part of the territory. Of you get on mass transit, you're probably going to get assaulted. Like this, like there's a I don't. I know the term, you know, defining deviancy down, right? This general acceptance at this level of violence is unacceptable, right? This acceptance is unacceptable. It's unacceptable acceptance, in my view. And it just makes things worse. It's going to make things worse. Because what happens is a guy like this, this Marine in New York, this former Marine who took this uh, and they're trying to. By the way, they were trying to, in, in true bonfire the vanities uh, fashion, they uh, they took this guy. What's his name? Jordan Neely, thirty years old. And they were like, he was a Michael Jackson impersonator, just dancing on the subway cars. He just loved to dance. He's being remembered today as a man who loved to dance. Like this was the this is the hagiography that they're writing for this guy now, right? They're martyring this guy. And, and to what purpose? More violence. That's the point. This is the George Floyd template. Uh, James Lindsay, uh, the new discourses guy, uh, the one who wrote the, the, remember he's the one that wrote all of the papers and got them submitted to peer journals, uh, peer-reviewed journals and such for that, you know, stupid, stupid social justice topics. Like, they just made up stuff and then got them published in so-called, you know, scientific journals but they were the soft sciences and they were all about social justice topics right they took Mein Kampf Hitler's autobiography and they just like swapped out some of the words to make it like uh equity and uh, social justice and, and it got published right uh they did the one about the the racist dogs at the dog park because they wouldn't you know certain dogs wouldn't associate with other dogs they made it all up and they got published so James Lindsay calls it um Like with the drag show stuff, he calls it drag Floyd. They're trying to incite. They're trying to antagonize. And now we're seeing it with this, which has now been uh, dubbed bum Floyd. Right? Same MO. This is the same tactic. Here is an email uh, from David to Pete at thepetecalendershow.com. That woman on the train, she thinks she is wonderful. How magnanimous of her. She is so caught up with how wonderful she is that she doesn't realize that the man is not only a danger to her, but also to others and himself. I think, David, though, you're missing the point here. The point is she needs you to know that she believes she's better than you. That's the key. See, 
It's not real. I mean, it's not enough for her to think she's better than you. She has to know that you know she's thinking she's better than you. That's the key. That's what gives the rush in the brain. That's the key. But yes, you're exactly right. Right. The guy is a danger. He's a menace to himself and to others. And you stood up and walked away. And everybody, I guess, is supposed to do the same. Unless what? He attacks you, as he did to this woman, to Vigiland or whatever. Right? He attacks Emma. Emma from, Emma from NJ. And he attacks her, and she's like, well, I just got up and moved. I didn't want him to get hurt. Well, okay, so then he goes and attacks somebody else. And someone after that, someone after that, someone after that. When does, like, when does this ever stop? When does that ever stop? You just hope he stops on his own or he gets help on his own, or, but nobody ever intervenes? Is that the idea? So what is this, uh, what, uh, George Floyd, uh, then uh, Drag Floyd, and now Bum Floyd? Well, NBC News, all over it, to let us know um, that this is a right-wing um, mockery, that they're mocking his, his homelessness. This is according to NBC, which, um, excuse me, NBC, the term is houselessness. Gosh. They've even come up with a derogatory moniker for Jordan Neely that mocks his homelessness, calling him Bum Floyd. No, they're not calling him Bum Floyd. They're saying the operation is Bum Floyd. Operation Bum Floyd, according to um, James Lindsay, who is described as a right-wing influencer. James Lindsay is a liberal, by the way. Um, Operation Bum Floyd is meant to target people's right to self-defense. Everything they say about it in the mass line is a lie or distortion. It's not worth arguing with them because they know they're doing it. It is worth showing people who don't know what uh, what really happened. Um, so the, the idea here is that, you know, George Floyd in Minnesota had this rap sheet. There were all these circumstances, right? And what we were supposed to believe, it's the same thing, by the way. It didn't have to be George Floyd. It could have been, Michael Brown, hands up, don't shoot, right? The propulsion of a, of a false narrative or lack of nuance at minimum that is told with the story and it becomes cast as, you know, this is an example of this much bigger problem that's been going on. And so what happens is you've got a, oh, did I mention the, the Marine up in New York that subdued this guy and apparently killed him accidentally, I would assume, but maybe not, but he's a white guy. And the guy that he killed is black. And so this checks the boxes. And so now we can activate operation fill in the blank Floyd, right? That's the, that's what's going on. This is what the conservative universe is talking about. The, uh, the, the weaponization of this one story, right? The one story that is now going to be used as proof of a larger narrative that we live in a country of systemic oppression Black people are being hunted by white folks, right? Like, and, and this, this could happen to anybody for no reason at all. And you ignore, and, and, and you see it, and I called it Bonfire of the Vanities, because if you haven't seen the movie or read the book, this is what happened. They martyr the criminal. They martyr the criminal, and they attempt to crucify the, quote, vigilante, who was the victim, but, but defended themselves. And that's the point. 
That's the point, is that now you become afraid to defend yourself. And if you can take out these people that are unwilling to be afraid to defend themselves, you can knock them out ahead of time. The only people you have left are the sheep. If you get rid of all the sheepdogs. That's what Operation, quote, Bum Floyd, that's what that's about. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the program. What's going on, Sarah? Hi, how are you? Hey, I'm okay. What's up? So I just drove to the casino to go bet the horse races because you're commercial. Okay. And I just want to let you know that the sports book, they don't have horse racing. What? You can bet on anything else. I drove all the way to Kings Mountain. You can bet on anything else, but you can't bet on the Kentucky Derby. So I just want to let your listeners know that. Oh, my gosh. That's weird. Yeah, totally disappointing. And the other thing I wanted to call about was I subscribed to the whole, you know, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think that he killed himself because it could quite possibly be that he's just not dead. Oh, that's true. Because if you think about it, if you wanted to go, if you were the most powerful, wealthy in the entire world, you wanted to keep procuring gun girls for your disposal, Mm -hmm. why would you get rid of your supplier? I think they could swap somebody out. I think they probably, I think they probably got, I mean, look, you got a whole, you got a whole former Soviet Union. You probably got tons of people over there that could run that op for you, you know? And he probably became expendable. He's like, he got too hot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, like, there's. Did do I mean? Do we have? Do we have proof of death? Like, do did we get do we the have a body? Yeah. Do we have a body, or did they bury him at sea like Bin Laden? No, I don't know. Right. These are the questions that we uh, <laughs> that we ask. There All right, Sarah. Some, yeah. Go some, ahead. Uh, stuff came up online where they saw some body going out on a gurney, but nobody knows if that body and that she's alive mm-hmm. or not. I feel like. that yeah i don't know coincidence thank you sarah i appreciate it i apologize uh for the uh, misinformation on the uh, on the derby that's the dis- yeah i didn't now they didn't tell me that i just assumed it's a sports book so i wonder why there's got to be some law <laughs> you know oh yes there has got to be oh wait a minute hang on jason has an explanation on what hello jason welcome to the show Hey, Pete. Hey, what's up? You're from a horse racing state, and you don't know why you can't bet on the derby at the casino? No. At this casino? No, I'm not from... Well, yeah, I guess North or New York originally. Yeah, I mean, they've got the with the Belmont up there, Belmont Stakes. Yeah. But, I, dude, I left when I was 17. I don't. I never bet right. on anything there. Okay. Well, it's because it's paramutual betting. What? What, do you, what, what, are you, what are these words? What are they, Paramutual betting? Yes. What does that even mean? It sounds, don't, don't get me wrong. It sounds like you know what you're talking about. Because that, oh, believe me, I know what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, because that is a word that I have now. Yeah, that's a word that I don't think somebody would just kind of make up. What is, a, what is paramutual betting? Okay, what that means is when you're betting on a race, yeah. they pool all the bets. So, for example, if you bet on whatever horse to win, right. you bet on another horse to win, all the win bets are pooled together. Right. All the show bets are pooled together. Okay. It, all the pick threes, pick fours, etc., those are all pooled together. And it's done with co- co- uh, cooperation with the track itself. 
So the casino has to set up an arrangement with the track. Oh. Or whoever operates the track. So who, in order to pool all of all of them, like, so if, if, if the local casino wanted in on that action, they would have to pool their, their bets, the money that comes in yeah. on the bets, they, they have to would, pool they them. They have to place all the bets placed with their sports book into that pool. Because then whoever wins. There's still, still a takeout. Right. You know, the, the house still gets a, a percentage of that. Sure. But because the winnings are determined by how much money goes in on the front end. Exactly. That's, and that's also, Pete, why the odds change right. on the horses throughout the betting period. That makes sense. Because they set the morning line at like a one horse at four to one, but if he gets too much money, they're going to change those odds down to uh, down to two to one. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. I never knew the name for it. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. Oh, no problem. All right, man. All right. That's Jason. Paramutual betting. Interesting. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. At Pete Callender, um, where Michael says, Pete, uh, this New York host is opening a great door. I could do anything I want as long as I appear to have a mental struggle going on. Imagine the possibilities. In fact, the Marine should claim the houseless individual created anxiety in him and his resulting mental struggle left him with no option but to act. That's a great idea. That's right. Adopt their language. There's a piece at the Federalist by Peachy Keenan uh, uh, called No Country for Brave Men. So this uh, Jordan Neely guy was going around this subway train saying he's going to hurt anyone on the train. I don't mind going to jail and getting life in prison. He was throwing stuff at people. He had a rap sheet. He had 44 arrests, including uh, one outstanding warrant for felony assault. He punched an old woman in the face. He says, I'm ready to die. In response, a 24-year-old Marine veteran put Neely in a chokehold, incapacitating him and releasing him after he stopped struggling and passed out. When Neely died at the hospital, all hell broke loose. It's not the first time a courageous man minding his own business has put himself in danger to protect others. It has happened many times, in fact. Toxic masculinity has saved more lives than penicillin. But in this case, the erratic lunatic was black, and the courageous restrainer was not just white, but blonde-haired and handsome. The left's muscle memory of how politically lucrative George Floyd's 2020 death was for them kicked in and the Floyd playbook could be run. Strong men brave enough to intervene publicly when a deranged lunatic is terrifying people are going to be rounded up first. This is a brilliant strategy for the regime. Pick off the bravest and most selfless heroes first. Leave the cowards behind who will fall in line fast. 
The worse the Subway Viking's fate is, the less likely any of us, the sane ones, will be tempted to lift a finger when they come for us or our friends or our neighbors, right? Since literally the morning the first Europeans settlers set foot in the new country, the ethos drilled into American men is to be strong, be brave, and be prepared to protect and defend your family, your homestead, and your fellow man. This is what men are for, after all. This is why God made them stronger than women physically. Those biceps are not just for deadlifting and and whipping out and making jokes about the gun show. Their main purpose is twofold, wielding a spear for the hunt and wielding your fists or sword for defense. This this is a key thing to teach boys, teenage men, or teenage boys, whatever, males, uh, and then men, right? You have a responsibility as a dude to protect women and children, not because they are weaker. It's because they are more important. You have a responsibility because there are bad people, a lot of bad men who use their strength to terrorize and to hurt. And so good men need to step up to stop the bad men from behaving like that. Graphic videos... A week, uh, she says, I see graphic videos all week of men doing the opposite, standing idly by, shouting approval and laughing. Cameras out, videotaping as violent individuals assault and beat and shoot innocent strangers. In this terrible, ugly, upside-down, zero-trust society, I have been forced to raise a family and I have developed a new survival rule. I have told my husband and my sons to be cowards, to do nothing. I have begged them to sit on their hands. She says, unfortunately, my son refuses. (laughs) Yeah. It's a dangerous virtue, though, for a boy to have in a blue city in 2023.